Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. This episode of Someone Dies in This Elevator is rated PG-13. Returning home contains assisted suicide and death in an elevator. Attention all personnel, Spider B-52A is now 15 minutes from the terminal platform. Please secure all loose cargo and return to your seats within the blue zone. I suppose we should strap ourselves in. Nah, nah, there's plenty of time. That's for folks doing actual work, which we've gotten out of on this trip here. Thanks to my union connections. There's still a few strings to pull for us old-timers. Well, you know best. Ah, besides, my chair's gonna protect me against pretty much anything. Up to explosive decompression. Your show... Carapace. ...does pretty much the same, am I right? Perhaps not to the same extent. I'm not precisely airtight, but you don't expect any issues, do you? I know it's one of the cargo climbers. I told him to send it up nice and easy, like. Eh. I thought you were out. I said I that asked if you had any candy left two hours ago, and you said <laughs> I was running out. Alright, be that way. What is it? It says, Botan Rice Candy. There's a cat on the box. Oh, yeah, yeah, the stuff that with the little wrapper that you can eat. I eat all the wrappers. Oh, where your stomach doesn't even process the candy. I like the taste. And now I'm nervous about explosive decompression. <sighs> it's safe. I promise. You'll make it to the top alive. They don't treat the cargo climbers roughly. On arrival. I told them to be good to you. And you? You don't have to worry about me, remember? Old habits. I've been worrying about you professionally for years. Yeah, I've always wondered why so many of, um, you know, uh, your, you, your people... I'm not sure what you mean by your people. I am of a specific subset geographically, racially, of spiritual and cultural upbringing. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but still, aliens. Still, humans. Well, you gotta admit, an awful lot of you who came to Earth wound up doing the, what do they call the, the healing professions. Have you ever thought it might be because when we discovered you, you thought it prudent to offer some form of aid when we revealed ourselves? <laughs> I don't suppose I had. <laughs> You're doctors without borders. <laughs> it 
Do you know what your people wind up doing most often on pair? What? Sales, generally. <laughs> Sounds like us. Don't misunderstand. We are happy to buy. You know, I thought you were going to say construction. I, I could put in a word with someone if you're looking for employment. Ah, watch your sass. Remember, you're taking this trip courtesy of the work I did. And when I was your age, the spout was just a twinkle in some engineer's eye. A dream of an elevator into space. It was folks like me who made it happen. You have mentioned that on occasion. More sass. Give me some of that candy. Your digestion will suffer later on. Oh, I did it again. Ten more minutes. Well, not yet. They Ten would've... minutes now from the terminal platform. Ten minutes. I know your time sense isn't that good. Heck, I can tell by the vibrations in the line. You spend enough time riding up and down, and you can tell the time to the next platform and the one behind you by feel. How long was it? You've never said exactly. Eighteen years. How was that? The literature says the construction only took sixteen. Well, the company we contracted through had a two-year warranty period. Stuck us on maintenance. So if any claims came through, we'd be on site already. This was their first time. Didn't want to take any chances. So you worked through every stage, start to finish. Well, not many of us saw the whole thing through. You had to be the right age, and there were accidents. You know, like any job site. And it didn't pay the best in the whole wide world. And you couldn't see your family so much. Folks moved along. But not you. Not me. They had to kick me out at the end. (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) Shit. I can give you oxygen if you put on the mask. (coughs) I'll, I'll use the mask when it's time to use the mask. Here, help me with this candy. I don't know what you did to the damn wrapper. Get your claws on that for me. I have a question. It's 20 hours from Galapagos to the terminal platform. I know, because I've been watching your vital signs every minute. Right, right. When you were constructing the line this far from Earth, how did you fit two 20-hour trips and a work shift into your day? I suppose you could sleep on the trip, but I I still don't understand the logistics. You know the answer to that. I truly do not. Well, thanks for asking either way. We lived on stepping docks once it got to a decent height. Nothing like the fancy rest stops they got now at a quarter past and a quarter two. It was it was just like a a few shipping containers they welded into a ring. They had a kitchen at one end and a head at the other. And the bunks were all along the space in between. You know, you had to spread out. You got too many folks to one side, you can make the whole thing wobble. 
That's a tenuous lifestyle. <laughs> You're telling me? Cured me of sleepwalking pretty quick. That's for damn sure. Well, the no privacy part for months on end caused a few fights. But you get used to it. And we were all pretty beat by the end of a day, so... You know, spinning out nanotube ribbon and welding it together from dawn to dusk. That'll wear you out. And the higher you got, the more equipment it took just to keep us together, which was a whole other hassle. Hmm. Uh, by the time we pass geostationary orbit... Uh, Are you all right? Are you having trouble breathing again? I I'm fine. Uh, I'm fine. Just... Just... Ran into a not-so-happy memory for a minute there. Yeah, this was not long after the day we hit geostationary. We were supposed to have this center point party. You know, and there was going to be some big wigs and special food that they sent up from Earth. And Actually, it wasn't the center of the line. It was a ways beyond it. But apparently it was the center of mass, and that was a big deal for starting to use the line to send stuff up and all. We saw the first spider that day. <laughs> it was my friend Bodie who named him that, because, you know, he took over the comm system, started singing that song about the itsy bitsy spider, you know, and the water spout. Two hours later, he was rappelling down to change his clothes before the party, and a link in the harness snapped. He fell 200 feet before he hit the dock. So, party canceled. I'm sorry. That was a traumatic loss. It was. We knew the work was dangerous, and that wasn't the only life lost by more than a few over the years. Over the years. I hope it was worth it. I hope that it was. The construction of the spout was a significant step for humanity, for exploration and discovery. That's good of you to say. It's possible my people would not have noticed Earth otherwise. And where would the healthcare and confectionery industries be without you? How was your candy? Hmm. <laughs> Probably not worth it. Just spit the damn thing out. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're here. It has been an illuminating experience. Uh, same for me, I, I think. But I mean... I'm glad you're here now. I suppose it is time. Mm. Attention, Spider B-52A is now five minutes from the terminal platform. Five minutes. Final warning to all personnel. Ah, uh, now who's got special powers? I truly wish I did. Don't do that. We had a deal. You know, no sass, no sap, just one last trip, 
and you give me that little push I need to the beyond. Are you sure? Dolia, we've been all over this. Please, I must ask and record your response. Are you sure, in this moment, that you have made the decision to end your life? Please reply in full sentences to verify your mental and emotional acuity. All right. My name is Gray McKella Felix. I'm 68, and my mind is clear, other than the pain. I was diagnosed 10 years back with melanoma skin cancer that dug in deep and ran wild and I can't walk I can't lay down I can't hold a spoon to feed myself it's eating away at me and I feel every bite it can't be fixed and I don't want to live like this I had a good life most of it and I want to choose how it ends that's my statement that damn well ought to be enough it will be enough I accept your statement and your request for assistance put on your mask I told you before about the mask (laughs) yes but now Gray it is time oh yeah Right. One more thing. I came up here of my own free will. I wanted to see it all one more time before I go. I still had access that worked, and I did it all by myself. Put that on record. I'm not getting anybody else in trouble. Understood. It's all on file. I will make sure it is sent through the proper channels before I... Uh, never mind. Um, so, Gray, you must put on the mask so that I Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. What? Before you what? Ah, It's not important. The mask is... Show me the inside of your bag. Hmm. That's an awful lot of candy for two days' trip. And that's the baseball I gave you from the time I saw the dragons. What's going on here? It's nothing. I'm taking a trip. There are literally only minutes left. It's never really five minutes. But you better talk fast. The same legal issues that require your statement will make it difficult for me to maintain my practice after your body and my participation are discovered. You are fairly well known. There will be repercussions. Thus, I have decided... Yeah, to get out while the getting is good. Damn it, Dolia. I can't let you do that. Not for me. Not because of me. Stop. There isn't time to argue. And it's not just because of you. The fact that there are still laws like this is reason enough to depart. I'm ready to return home. To your people. To my people. And you've got a plan. When they open the doors and find... Well, just you, really. 
what's left of me won't count. There will be questions, but you are known to be ill, and I am your registered caregiver. My answers will last for long enough, and I will submit a report when I am safely away. And you're sure you can get safely away? Multiple passenger ships are departing, and I have a friend who works on the baggage crew. As long as, as long as you've got a plan. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Now they're reeling us in. This is the last damn minute. Put on the mask. I should record again. You will not experience any discomfort when I open the valve. And then, nothing. Very soon. So very soon. Ah. Uh, Dolia. Thank you. I hope you... have a safe trip home. Thank you, Gray. I'm switching the feed from oxygen to the secondary cylinder. Uh. This is done of my own free will. Good passage to you, Gray. A safe trip home. reach the terminal platform. Please prepare to disembark. Returning Home was written by DJ Silvis and directed by Evan Tess Murray. Script editing by Jesse Shushu. Dialogue editing by Cole Burkhart. Sound design by Brad Colebrook. And music by Trace Callahan, starring Caroline Minx as Dola, David S. Deer as Gray, and Cena Breyer as the voice of the announcements. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Jeff Stormer, and I host Party of One, an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with a friend. J.R. Goldberg. Alvaro, a.k.a. Wormtooth, formerly MC Blackwolf. Danny Costello. My name's Rich Howard. I'm Sharung Biswas. We play a two-player role-playing game. We share some laughs. An absolute blast to play. It was a delight to run my game with someone who got so into it. It was so easy to do. Seeing the creativity just blossom right in front of my eyes. Maybe a few tears. I've never had a game make me question my previously staunch moral compass. Jeff makes the greatest serial killer. And we have a really good time. The great way to take a chance on a new role-playing game. Truly exemplifies what is wonderful about a game with just two people driving the narrative together. You can find new episodes every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com.